With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Here with the 263rd episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. We're going to title this episode, Pitts Makes Good Impression." That's Falcons first round pick tight end Kyle Pitts. He started working out and has been working with Matt Ryan in the offseason program, and he's made a good impression on the quarterback. We'll hear from Matt discussing uh, his transition to the new coaches and uh, hear him discuss Kyle Pitts and Julio. But in this episode, we're going to go through uh, four key items of the offseason. The salary cap. Blocking, we got an update on our blocking stats, the off-season schedule, then we'll look at the schedule, because the schedule came out last Wednesday, uh, the day we uh, were uh, broadcast and published, so we didn't get to talk about the schedule. So we're going to do that here in the 263rd episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. We um, talked to Matt Ryan today, we'll talk to Grady Jarrett on Thursday, so come back to AJC.com for that. But uh, we discussed some things with Matt. I wanted to know how the transition was going uh, with uh, him and Arthur Smith. And then a little bit about the players who have opted out of the offseason. Here's Matt Ryan. Checking with you to see how uh, the offseason is going and how you are, you know, uh, adjusting and working with Arthur Smith and uh as a you know, first play time as a head coach with a play caller and uh, Dave Ragone so far. How's that going for you? It's been going well. Um, you know, I think obviously transition requires a lot of effort and, and a lot of work um, to learn the new system to make sure that you know you're as comfortable as you possibly can be uh, with the terminology and and you know what, what they expect from you. There's always uh, differences. Uh, nuance between you know different schemes and, and what you know certain coaches um, you know how they like certain things and so I've been working really hard to uh, to try and get on the same page with them and been excited that we're able to, to start and get out on the field this week and um, you know just start to get guys lined up moving around and, and making steps in the right direction but Dave and, and, and Arthur have been great and uh, I'm excited about you know the future and uh, hopefully winning a bunch of games. Yep. And, um, you know, I know others will ask about uh, Kyle Pitts and Julio, but uh, opting out, you all voted, some guys voted not to come and some are coming. How, how are y'all doing attendance-wise with uh, the guys that are deciding to work out and come during the uh, pandemic and the, uh, you know, uh, phase two of the program? Yeah, I think, you know, we collectively bargained for it to be optional uh, and voluntary uh, a couple of years ago. And I, I fully support guys making whatever decision they want to make, uh, whatever they think is best for them to, to get themselves ready to go. And so I think, you know, attendance-wise, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fired up to be here. Uh, 
for me, I feel like it gives me the best you know opportunity to be successful. But uh, I think for all guys, they, they've got to make whatever decisions are best for them. And you know, that's that's kind of been the case throughout my entire career. Uh, to be honest with you, there's been guys that have been here. There's been guys that haven't. Um, but you trust the guys that are doing it on their own or uh, doing a great job of, of getting themselves ready to go uh, and in shape. And uh, I have a lot of you know. Uh, belief and, and trust that those guys will, will, will be ready to rock when it's time to go in, in July. Thank you. There's Matt Ryan talking about uh, discussing with us the new coach and Dave Ragon was who he was referring to, the offensive coordinator. So, uh, and then the opting out. Some players voted not to come for the offseason program because they, um, you know, it's supposed to be voluntary. But, I mean, if I'm uh, trying to impress the new coach, you know, he said no jobs are going to be won here in June, but still, I want to make a good impression, and that's what this here uh, episode is about. It's about Kyle Pitts being in there making a good impression uh, with his uh, new uh, employers. Uh, discuss Kyle with uh, Larry Scott, who was his position coach at Florida for 18 and 19. He's now the head coach at Howard University. Uh, that blog and uh, stories up on AJC.com. We did a little extra. Um, we, well, we had him lead in the, the rookie minicamp story, and then we did a little extra cover nine blog on some of their their issues there. But uh, let's move on here to um, we were just talking about the off season, so let's stay there, and then we'll go to salary cap, then we'll go to Ryan and, and hear from him on Pitts and Jones, and then uh, we'll do our blocking and schedule and get on out of here. So. Off-season programs, we're going to have open media phase one, May the 25th on Tuesday. Phase two, uh, June the 2nd on a Thursday. Uh, the mandatory minicamp, you know, they, they're they not pinning down the dates and times. Well, not the times, but the dates. It said somewhere during the week of the 8th and the 10th, so... Might start on the eighth, might start on the tenth, but we got three. If it starts on the, if it goes eighth through the tenth, then that's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then uh, we'll have the last open OTA on June the fifteenth, which is a Monday. So that's the off season schedule. They're ramping it up. Uh, it's gonna, you know, uh, be hard to get the full attendance, but we. Uh, you know, some guys are working from home. They've told us they're going to work from home. Coderell Patterson, some of the veterans. I mean, you know, they don't really need the OTAs. But for the rookies and the guys, you know, trying to make the team, it would behoove them to be at the uh, off-season program activities. Although, uh, you know, try to get a leg up, try to learn to learn the new uh, offense and the new defensive scheme. So. Uh, that's where where the Falcons are here in this um, off season as everybody comes out of the pandemic. Uh, we got to the media will have to uh, uh, provide some vaccination information, but it still looks like we um, uh, we'll see uh, how that goes. Y'all don't need to be worrying about all that right now. Y'all want information about the team, so let's move on to the salary cap. That's where the whole Julio situation is. Uh, kind of hovering over the franchise right now. According to the uh, NFLPA, the Falcons are at $588,018 under the cap. That's how much cap room they have. $500,000. 588. 
and 18. And according to over the cap, I trust the NFL PA numbers. They're late, but you, you know that's they're they're uh, you know they're the players unions uh, uh, numbers. But the over the cap, which I don't know where the over the cap and these spot rack people get their numbers from, uh, but uh, over the cap has them at 412, 351, uh, 412,351 dollars, and they got the 89 players where they're at with the Falcons under the salary cap. So those that might be a little bit ahead of the NFL PA since the Falcons did sign uh, Parker Hess, Sam Jones. And uh, the two defensive tackles here in the last few days. So salary cap wise, five hundred, you know, under six hundred thousand dollars. However you cut it, under four, right over four hundred, uh, somewhere in that range. And uh, you know that would point to a, an extension would be a way to keep Julio. Now, I mean, are you going to extend him? I don't know how to do that. Uh, but we got some help on the way on how to keep Julio. We got a couple calls to make on how you keep him or you can't keep him. Uh, and uh, then how you move on to, you know, where you don't take the major, major hit. Uh, or you kick the hit down the road some kind of way. So it's always ways to do that. Terry Fontenot's come from the Saints. And they were masters of pulling uh, magical numbers out of the sky. And uh, I'm sure there's a way for them to do that here. So that's where they at, are at salary cap. We went over the off-season situation. And the salary cap will get to the blocking and the schedule at the end here. We're going to go ahead and try to get uh, Ryan queued up here when he's discussing Kyle Pitts and his work ethic already. And, uh... You know, Julio Jones' situation, which, uh, you know, they're in a spot where they may have to uh, trade Julio to, to get the rookie sign. So let's go to Matt Ryan here on Kyle Pitts and Julio Jones. You know, obviously I'm excited when you see a guy like Kyle get drafted uh, and the potential uh, that he has and the production that he had in college. You know, those are the things you look at as a quarterback and you're like, man, I'd love to, to play with a guy like that. And I've been fortunate, you know, throughout my career to, to play with a bunch of guys like that. Uh, and they're fun. You know, they're, they're great to play with. Um, you know, the thing I've been impressed with from him is, is just, you know, his his humility and his ability to, to want to work uh, in the first couple of weeks. I think that's, you know, genuine, um, you know, and uh, I would encourage him to continue to, to stay that way because to me, you know, when you're constantly trying to get better and improve, that's that's the way you get to where you want to go. And uh, he's certainly off to a good start. And, uh, you know, obviously Julio is a big part of what you guys do um, as an offense. Just what does a Falcons offense without Julio Jones look like? Uh, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, he's been such a, a cornerstone of, of what we've done for a long time. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. It's a hypothetical. I, you know, I don't really want to go down that road as it's not really, you know, my business. But um, he's just been, he's been such a great player. He's a hell of a teammate. Um, I love him. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see how things shake out. But um, he's, he's probably impacted my career more significantly than any other player. And, uh, you know, I've, I've been really fortunate to, to be around him for as long as I have. 
That's Matt Ryan. That's about as sincere as, uh, you know, I've heard him over the years. Uh, you know, they don't like talking about each other's business and their own uh, situations and their own contracts. You know, Matt Ryan signed the uh, six-year, $150 million contract. They've been uh, pushing back to, to, you know, and giving him more money up front to create salary room space uh, on four different uh, occasions. Uh, Julio went back in and got a... Um, a, an enhancement uh, during the period when the receiver contracts were uh, surpassing him. It's just like right now where the quarterback's contracts have passed Ryan and $40 million, uh, is what uh, Prescott got in Dallas. You know, you can't, uh, you you know, you can't go back in or, you know, Aaron Rodgers is trying to go back in now and uh, get his contract put back in line with the uh, state of the game. So that's been an ongoing problem with, you know, unless you do a pay-as-you-go or pay-as-you-play, uh, um, you know, incentive-laden deal where, hey, I'm guaranteed to be in the top five, then, you know, um, you have a – basically I'll have a team of, uh, you know, a lot of a few big money guys and a lot of guys with just a little bit of money, and that's kind of where the Falcons are. Uh, right now, there's not a lot of big contracts left for them to do anything with. So, you know, Matt Ryan's, um, it's Matt Ryan, Julio, Grady, Jake Matthews, Dante Fowler, uh, Deion Jones, Chris Lindstrom, and Calvin Ridley. And they've done everything with all of those contracts. You know, the cap hits are Matt Ryan, 26, uh, 9. They got it down from 40 with a, uh, an adjustment. Julio is twenty three uh thousand twenty three million and fifty dollars and fifty thousand dollars twenty three million fifty thousand dollars is his cap hit and then Grady Jarrett's is twenty point eight and uh, Matthews is got his down he's at twelve point two and Fowler's at ten point six. And, uh, you know, you gave them an incentive-laden deal for this year. So there's no magic that I can see other than uh, Grady Jarrett extension would do it. Um, Julio, yeah, the you know, uh, yeah, you'd have a dead cap hit of 40.5. Wow. And then they'll try to spread that out. So, yeah, um... The, the, they kept telling us they weren't in contract hell. They weren't in contract hell. They are very much in contract hell if it's coming down to the rookie class versus Julio Jones. But we'll let it unfold here. Uh, it was pointed out that, uh, you know, General Manager Terry Fontenot on the night of the draft, I think the real late night when I asked him like five questions in a row, um, that he said, hey, um, you know, they're going to answer their phones. They're not making calls, shopping, Julio, but they're going to answer their phones. People look at the salary cap thing and like, hey, y'all are in a bind. Uh, let's give you a second and a third round pick. I don't know if that's enough for Julio, but uh, he is uh, 32, but a second. I've seen a second and a third, you know, th the third in 2020. Two and then the second in 2024. Yeah, that's gonna. I don't know, but anyway, that's what we're hearing on that. And uh, uh, you know, they can't take any money back from anybody, so they're not taking any players. So you're gonna take some picks. So I would, yeah, throw me in a sixth round or something. You know, just 
two picks for Julio doesn't seem like enough. So that's where we're at. And uh, we'll have a story on Sunday uh, trying to get some efforting, some updates uh, on the Julio Jones situation. Saw he was at the game recently with uh, my guy there, Two Chains. It was coached by my guy over here, Coach Gwynn. So, um, yeah, I saw that at the game. So we, uh, we're efforting an update from either the Julio side or the team side, or we'll just do the summary story of everything that's going on and how did we get here with Julio Jones, one of the, the greatest receivers in Falcon history. Now let's talk about the blocking here because, um, you know, hey, Kyle Pitts is shiny object. God, great. He's going to be the next, you know, whoever. Hope he's, you know, Kellen Winslow uh, Sr. Um, <laughs> Kellen Sr. is what he reminds me of, the body size. He's not a Tony. Tony's a chunkier, uh, more basketball-y guy like uh, Antonio Gates. So, uh, you know, well, that's where – where they're headed here, but the blocking is still, you know, they basically said, hey, we're going to fix the blocking because we didn't draft Pene Sewell. So the Mayfield's going to get a shot. They're taking a gamble on him and Drew Dahlman. Um, and so, you know, that's those, those look like the solutions. Then maybe Matt Gano at, at right tackle, but they're going to play the best five and we're going to see who they are. So maybe it's Hennessy. Maybe Hennessy can hold at center. And then you got you got to just find a guard because I mean getting getting some action last year had to help Hennessy. So, but the numbers are just staggering. On uh, you know I've been running the, the 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 sacks, hits, and hurry numbers. And then you know I got I had to stop right there because I just did raw numbers because then you know the next step was math. So the math part of it, and this is uh the attempts. Per the pressure rate, the pressure rate is uh, all those add together. Sacks, hits, and hurries. And the Falcons' pressure rate last year was 167. So out of 626 dropbacks, on 167 of them, they got some pressure. So that's on 26.6% of your dropbacks. So... One out of every four drop back, you got some heat coming. You're either getting sacked, you're getting hit, or you're getting hurt. So I'm thinking that's not really a good percentage, but you need to know everybody's in the league. So I'm thinking you kind of want that number around 10. So, But it's a passing league, and the numbers are changing. But 19, I know you don't want it one out of every four. That's a whole, that's too much. And in uh, 2019, they were near 30%. 616 attempts, 174 on the hit uh, pressure ratio, sacks, hits, and hurries. So that's almost, that's 3 out of 10. That's almost 30%. Uh, you drop back 10 times on three of those plays, you're getting hit, sacked, or, or rushed out of it. Okay, I'm thinking you want that at 10%. I'm thinking that, you know, you're going to lose some battles up front. Keep it at 10, between 10 and 15, and you're going to win. Um, and then uh, in 18, you know, 608 attempts, 143 on the uh, sack hits hurries number, and that's 23%. 
I know you want it under 20. I'm going to figure out what that number is. I want mine. I want a clean pocket all the whole day. That's probably not never happening anymore in the NFL. But if you can get it down to 1 out of 10s, uh, then uh, that's going to probably be some winning football there. But, yes, uh, I'm not going to let them, um, you know, blind us with the shiny objects. The fact of the matter is if they don't block, and they don't get to the quarterback, they're still going to be an 8-8 eight eight football team. I don't care who's throwing the rock back there. So, um, you know, we, we don't even know how they're going to pass rush. So we're just uh, going to buy the whole Dean Please is going to blitz them in the, blitz them in the uh, smithereens uh, thing for now until we see who those people are. So that's where we at. A little up, update on the blocking. Let's get to the schedule. I'll be in the schedule. Wow, they drew, um, you know, the draft outdrew the, the Oscars. And I can't believe people, uh, they had three-hour shows on the schedule. Uh, but the Falcons were in a hot issue because they didn't have the five, you know, primetime games. But, you know, once you start losing, you don't you don't get the, the schedule perks. So, But for me, it's good as you got, we got a bunch of one o'clock games. We can get y'all y'all stories and... Uh, uh, get them in the paper. That's the big thing. And then we'll the, do the um, digital paper for the e-paper for the late stuff. So, um, first, you know, we used to split them in four, but we're going to do five since we got the 17-game schedule this year. So, um, and then you got the break after the first five games. So, September, uh, we'll go ahead and do a live, you know, schedule prediction story. Because, you know, y'all do that all the time. You go through the schedule. Week one, the Eagles, we're going to give them a win there. Uh, at Tampa Bay, that's an L. Uh, New York Giants, that's a win. That's September 26th at MetLife. Um, Tampa Bay, September 19th at Tampa Bay at the Ray J. And September the 12th is the opener at um, Mercedes-Benz. So then October 3rd is a Washington football team at the Benz. We'll give them that one. That could go either way, but we don't know their quarterback. So Tyler Henneke versus Matt Ryan, I'm going Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan versus Fitzmagic, I'm going Matt Ryan. But then they got Chase on the other side. So we'll go. We'll give the Falcons that one and put a little slash by it. That's five games. Oh, no, no, New York Jets in London. Give them that one. Wow, so that's a 4-1 and one start. 4-1, and one, 3, uh, or 2, if you, you know, however you want to go in the Washington game. All right, let's get to the next five. At the Dolphins, that's an L. On the 24th, 1 o'clock, back home against the Panthers. We'll give them that. Um, October 31st at 1 o'clock. Then at the Saints, uh, we'll give him that. We'll say Arthur's gonna win his first first game in the Saints series. Gonna go all in that week. Then uh, at Dallas on November the fifteenth, that's um, we're gonna say L, but it could go either way. Uh, Coach Quinn's defense will be fired up. He'll know the offense. So so yeah, we'll give Dallas the home win. Then the Patriots come to the. Mercedes-Benz Stadium on uh, November the 18th in week 11. So this is our second five. I'm going to give them a win, give the Falcons a win. Because you got 
I always do the quarterbacks. Matt Ryan against Cam Newton. Matt usually won that. Uh, Matt Ryan versus the rookie. You, you go Matt Ryan on that. So we got three and two here. So now we're uh, ten games and there's seven and three. Wow. That, that, hey, that, I like doing the schedule thing. We don't even know what defense they're going to play. Okay, so let's go. Um, what was that? That fifth game was uh, New England. Okay, that's one, two, three, four, five. New England. Okay, so the next five, Jacksonville. Give them that one. Jacksonville, November 28th at TIAA Bank. Then December 5th, Tampa Bay Super Bowl champs at Mercedes-Benz. That's uh, We're going to give them an L there. We usually like to split the division, but, you know, when you got the Super Bowl champs, you kind of defer. We'll give them a sweep over Carolina to make it 3-3 three and three in the division because uh, they got the Panthers next at uh, week 14. Then week 15, you got the San Francisco 49ers out there. We're going to, yeah, they beat them last time when they were out there, but uh, I don't think they're going to do it again. So we'll give them an L there. And then you got the Lions with Coach Kneecaps coming in here. That's my favorite coach of the offseason, kind of, Coach Campbell. He was talking about having a lion on a chain and walking around the city with a lion on a chain. I don't know if he stole that from the Tiger in Houston. But anyway, uh, we see him come kind of, that's a little tough stretch there. Uh, Tampa Bay, a uh, little tough stretch there. We got him with Tampa Bay, Carolina, and San Francisco in there. I got him beating, okay, we got him beating Jacksonville, losing Tampa Bay, uh, beating Carolina. That's a W. Carolina, and then San Francisco, December 19th, week 15, then the Lions come to town. So that's five more games. I got them. That's another three and two. So then now they're 10 and five. Looking like a playoff team. 10 and 5, 15 with three games to go. So and then the last, last three games. Oh, wait a minute. 15 games with two games to go. I'm trying to go to the 18 game schedule, y'all. So at Buffalo, oh no, they're gonna have to earn the playoffs with a Buffalo win on January the second in the snow at High Mark Stadium, or come home and beat the Saints in Week 18 of the season, January 9th, uh, one o'clock. So we had a beating the Saints earlier, so that's an L here. That's two L's. So 10 and 7 gets you in the playoffs, in the new playoff format. That's what we got here. Your key games are that early, um, the uh, early Washington game is the toss-up game. I think you can uh, go, you know, you're not going to get much fight about anything else. That fourth game against Washington. The Dallas game is going to be big. Okay, so the NFC NFC East, you got to beat the Giants and the Eagles, okay? And then you're going to have to um, beat the Saints once. And then, uh, so I got it, Washington, Dallas, beat the Saints once. Going to lose to Tampa Bay twice. Sweep Carolina. 
Okay, and then you got to be 10 and 5 sitting there with Buffalo and the Saints. So if you lose those, you'd be 10 and 7, probably the, the 19th wild card. <laughs> However many wild cards you got now. If you pull those two off, 12 and 5 going to get you a playoff seed. So there you go. There's the schedule. That's the, uh, how, you know, I always do quarterbacks because we don't know anything else right now but the quarterbacks. and uh, so, so for now, that's where we at with the schedule. You got your key games, Washington, Dallas, uh, Saints. Got to win one of those. And it's going to come down to Buffalo on the road in the snow, baby. And then um, the Saints at home. So there you go. <laughs> Hey, the schedule, uh, I dig the schedule. I know y'all do too. So that's what, that's how we do the schedule. Sometimes it's usually with the fellers on the deck with the beverage. But uh, we did it right here on the Bowtie Chronicles today. And we're going to wrap up this episode of the Bowtie Chronicles. Pitts making a good first impression. That's what you always want to do on your new job. And he is doing it. Tight end Kyle Pitts from the University of Florida. With that, we're going to get on out of here. The 263rd episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Take care and have a great rest of the week. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents... Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny... One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop.